Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday day. And trust everybody's uh, had a good day today. Let me get this uh, fixed here so we can have it ready for our uh, teaching this evening. Hold on one second here. I messed myself up here. Give me one second. I'm doing this for the website. Those that are uh, online, it won't, I mean, on my social media, it won't really affect you in any way, but I'm trying to get this set up so it'll be ready to go when I need it there. There we go. So I'm trying to uh, uh, get some music lined up so y'all can have a little um, listening music as I'm getting everything shared on uh, social media and all my different pages and groups, and that way you're just not sitting there in silence staring at my uh, wondrous good looks and... Uh, so, uh, but anyway, uh, hey there, Miss Dawn buckles Folan. Hope you're doing well. And uh, remember, as I'm um, talking here uh, this morning, and uh, uh, my mother-in-law said to pray for Kim and Unspoken. Thank you, Miss Sharon. We'll definitely do that. But um, uh, like Sharon just put a prayer request there, uh, as I'm uh, talking here, uh, I get ready to do the opening scripture. Uh, be sure and put those uh, prayer requests in the comments section. Uh, if I've already passed that, and uh, uh, good evening there, Miss Kimberly Mosier. Uh, if I get past that, then of course everybody can just uh, pray together uh, uh, on that as well. So, but uh, uh, so anyway, I uh, hope everybody's had a good day. I know the world is is on fire <laughs> and burning big time. Uh, I tell you what, it just. It's hard not to be uh, frustrated and aggravated with what's going on right now. Even poor old guy in Sullivan County uh, Volunteer Fire Department is under scrutiny because he was doing his job today because of a lunatic who was out there wanting to lay on the ground. So it just, oh boy, I tell you what, it's so hard. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, should I talk about, should I rant? And I'm like, no, everybody's had enough of that. Uh, you know, it's all you hear on TV and, and uh, the news and everywhere you look, social media. And it's just, um, as people were sharing videos yesterday of the, uh, over in Johnson City at the pawn shop. And you know what? Uh, let's just have a, a night where we can just concentrate on God's Word. You know what I mean? And uh, let's just take a little break from it. You know, I make mention of it in my devotions in the mornings right before I start I, I talk about some current events and and uh, uh things i feel like need to be addressed a little bit before we hit our devotions but uh sunday night and wednesday night i think we ought to just uh chill out and let's just concentrate on god's good word and i think it would do us well to put that uh to the back of our heads just for an hour don't you all and uh, i think it'd do do us well well, you know, this evening, I was trying to, you know, uh, I think I'm going to read, well, I don't think I'm going to, it's, uh, I want, you know, this, this devotion, the devotion I did this morning, as soon as I um, chose uh, the scripture I used, I thought, man, that'd make a great uh, uh, opening scripture uh, for our teaching uh, this evening. So, uh, with that said, uh, you, for those who watched this morning, you may already uh, be aware of what I'm going to read, but I'm going to look at Isaiah chapter 1 verses 18 through 20. So if you have your Bibles handy, and if you don't, then I am going to uh, bring up the scripture so that you can read along. So here we go. Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. 
If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And as me old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. So, uh, well, come on social media. There we go. <laughs> Take me a second get it up there. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, we do need to pray for our nation and uh, pray for my dad. Uh, you know, he's, he's still trying to get over this uh, bad spider bot that he got. And these antibiotics really make him feel uh, pretty lousy. And uh, pray for me. I, uh, I'm just really been struggling uh, physically. I uh, have... Uh, uh, a lot of health, underlying health issues and such. That's why this, I know a lot of people want to laugh and make fun of people wearing masks right now based on the posts I've seen on, on Facebook. They want to say that uh, those wearing masks are, are the sheep that are, are being controlled. And, you know, I'm sorry that many feel that way, but uh, there's a lot of people like myself who uh, have a lot of health issues. And whether the virus is real or imagined, it's something that uh, I have to take seriously. But I... Uh, uh, since Sunday, I haven't really uh, felt well and uh, just really been uh, fighting, battling headaches and uh, just extreme uh, just tiredness. And uh, I tell you what, it just, I thought I just can't get enough sleep. I don't know what's going on. So maybe I'm going through a gross spurt. My body is trying to, to heal. So I don't know. So I wish. I always wanted to be tall. That would be awesome. So, but anyway. Uh, but uh, as far as prayer concerns, I do see Sharon's on there. And, uh, and hello to Kimberly. Uh, uh, how do I say your last name? Coulter. I hope I'm saying that right, but if not, I apologize. But uh, hello to you. And uh, so, um, and like I said, we got a lot of people dealing with things at the church. I'm particularly be praying for Kim Penix and Wendy Lee, uh, Roger Winters, uh, Murph. Um, I know that, uh, oh goodness, there are so many prayer requests I get. And I don't mean to leave anybody out. And I know that they're uh, uh, just as important as anybody else's. And I apologize. I try hard to remember, but. God knows those those needs, and uh, and so we'll just give those over to Him. But let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And if our Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you blessed us with. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your love. And, and uh, Lord, I just want to lift up these prayer requests and concerns. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with Sharon, Lord, and you know the, the unspoken concern that she has. And I pray that you be with Kim. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll be with uh, Kim Penix, and, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll bring healing upon her, and Wendy Lee, and uh, Roger Winters, Mr. Murph, and uh, pray that you'll be with Ron and Thelma Thompson, Lord, that you'll bring healing upon her. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with Hoover Smith, uh, him dealing with the loss of his mother, Lord, that you'll bring peace uh, and help him to, uh, to have the strength uh, to get through this. And, uh, Lord, we'll let us pray a, a special prayer for my father and that you will uh, bring healing upon him, restore his strength, and uh, that you'll let him get to feeling better. Lord, you know, I pray over him every day and, and worry over him and uh, pray that you'll be with him, my mother, and my mother-in-law, father-in-law, my wife, and my kids. I pray that you'll be with them as well. And, Lord, I pray that you'll be with all those who may be watching this evening and may have prayer requests and concerns that... They may not have publicly mentioned, but they are dealing with, and Lord, that you will be done in each and every situation. Uh, Lord, I just thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I uh, appreciate that, Case, and she's uh, praying with me, and uh, Sharon said Kim's father-in-law, and uh, most definitely. 
But uh, as far as announcements go, uh, I'm just trying to think, um, uh, gosh, uh, as far as announcements goes, um, can't really think of anything specific other than you know, we'll have a Sunday morning service from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, this Sunday morning at, uh, at the church. And, of course, we don't have any restrictions. We encourage wearing masks, but it's not something you have to do. And, and I know, you know, there's people who are really concerned because we are enclosed and uh, a lot of people aren't wearing their mask. And, again, you know, I understand uh, the side of, uh, you know, of, of, defiance if you will uh of you know it's your you want to uh, uh you're not going to be told what to do you're not going to be controlled i understand that you know i get that i, I am uh, uh of all people get that because that's why i've had so many jobs i don't like to be told what to do and and i know as nobody does and i don't like the government trying to tell me what to do uh but a lot of people do take uh even though you make a lot of it you don't think it's any big deal that's fine that's well uh, but there's some people in there that really, truly are scared and worried about this virus. And uh, and you may be asymptomatic and not even know it. And so we're seeing major increases in the area. And uh, so pray about it. We, I mean, you know, I, I realize that you may think, well, I ain't sick. Or you ain't going to control me kind of attitude. But ask yourself, is that showing a loving attitude? Is that showing a godlike attitude? Am I showing concern for somebody else, uh, just ask yourself that. I mean, seriously, you know, what you do outside of church is fine, but just, um, you know, there's some people that's, that's come to me uh, with genuine uh, fear and concern, and uh, they, they don't feel like nobody cares about uh, their feelings and what they're going through and uh, their health. So just keep that in mind. You know, just I'm just asking nicely, and you, if you you pray about it, and you're like, well, I ain't wearing a mask, well, that's, between, that's all you can do. You know, that's all I'm asking. And uh, but just take it uh, take it seriously if you don't mind. Um, I uh, of course I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at where well, I'm not putting anything definite right now. Uh, at uh, Labor Day weekend, September fifth, we're looking at possibly a car and bike show uh, slash uh, you know how we do with the the car and bike show. We do uh, like a yard sale, flea market kind of thing where everybody can bring all their stuff out there, set up your tables, your, your tents, and and sell your goods. And uh, that's always been a good success. Asking people to donate school supplies and backpacks so we can give to those uh, children who uh, may be in need of those things. And I'm asking for any and all uh, hairdressers who would be willing to donate their time uh, to give uh, free haircuts uh, to some of the kids who may uh, may be in need of those as well. So if you could pray about that and think about it, uh, that would be uh, much appreciated. The reason why I'm not putting a definite date, I'm trying to make sure uh, right now there's nothing else, uh, no other major events going on. Now, no matter what weekend we pick, you know, there's always going to be be something, uh, you know, we're never going to find a, an absolute free weekend, but uh, so I'm still looking into some things and I'm going to try to hopefully the next few days, try to make a definite decision to the exact uh, date. I don't want our fringe on any other uh, motorcycle rides or, uh, or other uh, scheduled events out in the area that's going to conflict with, with the ministry or anything. So, uh, uh, so be in prayer for that. Let me, I'm going to do some more research and 
make sure we pick a, a good time uh, to do that. And uh, so Lord willing, be, be looking for that uh, here momentarily. I better, might want to mute that uh, computer. Otherwise, every time somebody sends a message or something, it will uh, make a ding noise. So. All right, so we're going to look at our scripture this evening. And uh, we're going to look at Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. Oh, forgot to mention. <laughs> well, of course, we have our Sunday morning service, but I'll be still be doing evening service at 6 o'clock. So I'm... I'm praying about, depending on how the weather goes, I'm thinking seriously about maybe doing an outside, uh, at the stage there, an outside uh, evening service if it isn't too hot. So I'm think, thinking about it. I'm praying about that. Uh, but of course, watch my devotions each morning at uh, 7.15 as well. But anyway, we're going to look at uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. And uh, let me uh, get over here and bring that up. Okay. Uh, oh, already had it up. <laughs> well, I guess I'm faster than I realized. So let me bring that up so you can read along if you so desire, if you don't have a, a Bible handy. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 26 says, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified? and has outraged the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And uh, praise God for his good word. And uh, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, and then we'll start diving into this and see where we are, see, see what I'm stepping on here, <laughs> see, see where the Lord leads us here. Let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer. Then, Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this, uh, again, for this wonderful day and this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, uh, I praise you uh, so much for never giving up on us, to always love us, to always forgive us, uh, Lord, let us always be as quick to forgive as you forgive us. Lord, guide us in your word. Direct us. Lead us. Uh, Lord, help us to make what we hear and learn this evening to be applicable to our lives and to, uh, uh, to use it to uh, spur on more spiritual growth. To, we want to grow to spiritual maturity and to have that Christ-like mind and attitude. Lord, we thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, uh, when it comes to God's Word, when it comes to the Gospel, people don't want to hear bad things. They want to hear the good things. They want to hear of grace, forgiveness, mercy, which all those things are true. All those things are real. But one thing that we need to understand, too, is God's wrath. You know, in dealing in today's culture and society, everybody wants to throw out, well, God is love. That is true. The God is love. But the sad thing is, they want to throw out God is love, to comp but they want to compromise and make allowances 
for lifestyle choices, whether that's gay or straight. If you're sinning against God, if you are doing something that's contrary to the Word of God, that is going to suffer God's wrath unless you repent and come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. See, God doesn't give a free pass to sin. That's one reason why Jesus Christ had to give his life to save us from a very real hell because justice had to be served. God demanded justice. And I think that there's a, um, a sense of, um, I don't want to say apathy, I guess, when it, when it comes to God's judgment, God's wrath. They want to look at God as a good old boy and, uh, you know, he just uh, going to look the other way and no big deal because God is love. Well, you know, that's one thing that, uh, you know, you have some pastors out there, that's all they do is, is preach uh uh, you know, hellfire and brimstone, and uh, and then you have some pastors out there who don't touch on it at all. You know, it's all warm and fuzzies. It's all, you know, all the, you know, just coming away with a good warm feeling. And a lot of people don't want to hear a good sound biblical teaching. Uh, a lot of people find it boring and uninteresting, so they don't want to, to listen to that. They want to hear something that's going to make them, make them feel good, make them feel like they've been entertained. That's what God's Word's about. God's Word is about conviction. God's Word is about the cross and what Jesus Christ's substitutionary atonement on the cross, what it represented. And if you don't repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, then you're facing an eternity in a very real hell. Jesus Christ talked more about hell than any other person in the Bible. You know, it's like some people want to look at Jesus as a as a celestial hippie that uh, just anything goes and it's okay and it's all right, no big deal. That's not how Jesus Christ was. Uh, you know, I, I've never really understood that uh, kind of uh, sense of thinking in regards. But see, that's just it, though. They're not believing in the God of the Bible. They're believing in a God of their own making. See, some people can say that they are a Christian. They can say they believe in God, but are they believing in the true living God of the Bible? See, they can have a version of God that they supposedly worship that condones and justifies sin, but that's not the true living God of the Bible. See, God's wrath is, is real, and it's evident, and it's something we need to take seriously. You know, I was reading a story uh, that uh, about Charles Spurgeon that he had written, and uh, he said that there was a um, uh, church who was in uh, need of a pastor, and there was a man, I guess, who was vying for the job. And, uh, and of course, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not quoting uh, directly uh, word for word. But, um, uh, but said he didn't believe in hell. Well, the church told him, said, well, if uh, there's no hell, then we don't have any need for you. And if there is a hell, we definitely don't want you. So either way, you're not needed. <laughs> so, you know, and that's, you know, it's sad to know that there are a lot of pastors out there that uh, do not believe, you know, they don't, they don't believe in the deity of Christ. They don't uh, believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in the whole word of God. They, and, there's, and there's people out there who don't believe in, in hell. That some people think that there's going to be a purgatory, that you can, you know, there, there was a time when you could pay priests uh, to, to get you out of, uh, the, of, of hell and, uh, and, and to heaven. That's not how it works. You keep by your way into heaven. There, there is no second chances. If there was a second chance, there would, you know, 
well, there would be no hell. I mean, because anybody who dies and you are sitting there and you're thinking, well, gosh, I could spend an eternity in hell and damnation and, and burning forever and screaming and gnashing of teeth, or I could spend an eternity in heaven. Well, gosh, let me see what I can do to atone for those sins and I'm going to go to heaven. Why everybody be trying to go to heaven? Ain't nobody going to choose hell. Uh, at least he made a right mind. But see, that's just it. That is a lie from Satan himself uh, that... Um, there is no hell. And uh, that's something we do have to take, in fact, we have to take very seriously and understand the reality of hell, and that we need to make people understand that. Now, people in this world, uh, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded them. And uh, we can try to talk. You know, uh, in fact, there was a, um, uh, he was a pacifist uh, priest, uh, I think his name was Dean Shepherd. And he was trying to preach to a hostile uh, church. And it's really, he said, there's no button more hostile than uh, unsatisfactory Christians, people who uh, are not satisfied with their lives. They said they could be a detriment uh, to the church themselves. And, and really what he's leaning towards and what we're kind of focusing on a little bit tonight is the uh, the apostates, those who, uh, who have not really giving their lives over to Jesus Christ. And these people are very hostile. And, you know, it's not just that one person, when they're, they've got a problem with the church, they're just going to leave. No, they want to drag a bunch of people with them. Now, I don't have the experience my father has. He's, he's done uh, almost uh, 50 years of, of service, full-time service, which is an anomaly uh, for a full-time pastor. When I was in um, uh, my graduate studies at uh, um, Grace Theological in Indiana, uh, they said the average uh, lifespan of a full-time pastor is about that of an EMS worker, about three to four years before they get burned out and they go on to something else. Uh, because why? Because people don't understand the, the devil's attack is not just on me as a pastor. It's on my wife, my children. Uh, there is uh, the in counseling, the things that we have to hear and deal with is beyond... Uh, anything that we can, you know, we can't tell anybody. It's, it's confidential. And it, that stuff can play on your mind. Having to tell someone their, their child has died and having to hear those screams. And, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it is, it, preaching takes so much out of you mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It, it, it is draining. People just don't get that and understand that. And uh, so a lot of pastors, you know, the amount of time that goes into preparation for a sermon, people just get burned out. They just can't do it anymore. And uh, that's why they leave. And so uh, that's why, you know, uh, when it comes to, um, uh, to pastors, you know, I pray for them. You know, pray over, hey, I covet your prayers. I know my dad does too. We covet your prayers so we can keep up the fight. And uh, But there's a lot of people out there when they get mad and upset with the church. And uh, it might even be a minor offense. They'll Sometimes they'll go around and uh, run that mouth. They try to take as many people with them as they can. And that's one thing this Dean Shepherd he was trying to, to deal with, um, with these these hostile Christians or so-called Christians. You know, they, there's a lot of people out there who put on a good... A uh, good outward front uh, that could put on a uh, a good uh, act, but they have never made a profession of faith. They may enter the enter the church every time the doors are open. They may uh, you know act like the, the the greatest in the world. Well, in fact, it goes back. Like I say, I, I don't mean to uh, to bore those uh, who watched my devotion this morning, uh, but uh, but I feel like it bears repeating. Uh, to the fact that uh, we, I was talking about Oscar Wilde and his story about Dorian Gray and how the artist 
felt that he was, um, you know, just, uh, you know, he was like me, very beautiful and, and good looking. And he wanted to capture that, uh, that essence of beauty in art. And of course, you know, I'm kidding. But, um, uh, and that essence of beauty in that art. And, um, and Dorian's wish was that, uh, that he would never age or grow old and only the painting uh, would uh, be affected, not him. And after many years of lawlessness and, and, um, and defiance and rebellion against God, more or less, really is what it boiled down to, uh, that um, he decided to go up in the attic and, and, and uh, unearth the, uh, the artwork uh, to see what it looked like. And when he pulled back uh, the blanket to see what was underneath, he saw the, the hideousness, uh, the vileness, uh, the, the blood running down uh, the painting. It was, it was uh, beyond horrible. And, um, uh, and, and that's why, one reason why we read um, uh, Isaiah 1, 18 through 20, uh, is that that's what the artist told him. He said, make yourself clean. Let your sins, you know, let the, that, 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 well, let's go back over here and look so I don't sit here trying to um, repeat uh, or try to memorize uh, what I just read here. Hold on here. Uh, said, uh, come now, well, that's what it was. He said, uh, uh, though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's what he said. Make yourself come clean. And, and quoted that, that very exact passage. And, uh, and Dorian stabbed him. And then uh, he stabbed the picture. But when he did that, he, he killed himself. And uh, that, that uh, picture became like new uh, and showed the, the young version of him. And he became so hideous uh, that even the servants couldn't recognize him. And the point was, you know, that um, the soul uh, can only be hidden uh, for so long. You know, eventually it's going to be seen by God Almighty. We're going to stand in judgment. And you could put on a, a good facade. You know, you could be technically the, the Dorian Gray, that everybody thinks you're the, the sweetest, most wonderful thing in the world. But inside you are rotten. You are evil. You are vile. And, uh, and if you haven't turned your life over to Jesus Christ, you're going to spend that eternity in, in hell. And, you know, that's kind of what we're getting to here in, in Hebrews. So, you know, we look at this here. It says, for if we go on sinning deliberately, and I'm looking at, at verse 26 of chapter 10. It says, for if we go on sinning deliberately, and after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So when we read that there, that if we, you know, if we deliberately, if we know that what we're doing, now there's sins that can be committed, uh, whether it be uh, intentional or unintentional. Nine times out of ten, it's intentional. Uh, and, you know, that... Um, uh, there can be, you know, it says, no matter, I got here in a second. Deliberately, all right, uh, for the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, okay? But, we see here in 27, fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume, in other words, God's wrath, uh, consume the adversaries, all right? So they're going to suffer God's wrath. If you continue to live in sin and rebellion against God, you're going to suffer his wrath. Uh, you know, that's where we go back to the conscience would be seared, you know, uh, or you turn into a reprobate mind. Uh, you know, I told you a story about an individual that I spoke with who uh, uh, was a um, uh, an unrepentant homosexual and had no no desire to and when I said that about reprobate mind he went berserk but that doesn't matter if you're gay or straight if you're living in direct rebellion of God with severe unrepentance then that, that's where the trouble lies you know and there was um, um, 
the, the see, I'm trying to think here. His name was, uh, see, I think I might have wrote it down here. Um, yeah, the shepherd of, I don't know if I'm saying this right. It sounds like Hamas, but it's H-U-M-A-S, Hamas. Hamas, 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 I don't know. Anyway, he's a cat from AD 140, if that helps. <laughs> anyway, he was trying to say that after uh, baptism, you can only sin once, and that was it. Well, obviously, that's that's insane, and uh, Tertullian uh, did not agree with that, and even took it another step further. That you know, And uh, so you, you have these individuals uh, out there that, uh, well, like the Armenians, who think that if you sin, then you're going to lose your salvation. Well, nothing be further from the truth. If you are truly have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you meant that, if you repented of your sins, your name is lit, written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you're going to go to heaven. Now, but there are those out there, those apostates, and we're going to get a little more detail of that here in just a minute, uh, that um, who have never, they give lip service, they put on a good front, they put on a good act, but they have never uh, given their lives truly to Jesus Christ. And that's, that's a sad thing, that there's people out there who think that if they do good works, they say good things, they do, you know, that, 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 hey, I don't need repentance, and therefore I'm going to get into heaven. And what's sad is there are churches and pastors out there who reinforce that thinking, and, you know, and, and they don't pre preach conviction of sins. They do not preach God's wrath and that they were going to, that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will spend an eternity in hell fire. But see, the cross is offensive and they don't want to do anything to offend people. They don't want to hit on any controversial topics like abortion, homosexuality, Black Lives Matters, or anything like that that, that, uh, that they think was going to offend or hurt somebody. You know, I told you, you know, uh, Sunday how the individual got really upset with me. So they said, well, I've never heard a pastor talk like you do or post the things you do in uh, regards to what's going on right now. And I think that's a sad situation that there aren't pastors speaking up. And, and speaking up in a godly way, not, you know, not to, uh, you know, I don't want to spur on racism. That's the, that's the antithesis of what I want to do. I want to, to see healing and peace in our land. But the only way that's going to happen is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way that we're going to combat this racism, this hatred, this bitterness, this division we see in, this, in our nation right now is Jesus Christ. He is the only way. You know, I, I made mention might have been this morning, about Herschel Walker. I thought it was really awesome uh, that he even said that. Here is an African-American man, and he said that, you know, they're talking about the, the, the sins of the past. Uh, you know, we can learn from those things. We need to move forward. We need to have forgiveness of heart. And he's quoting scripture, and he's talking about Jesus Christ. And I thought, man, that's awesome. That's what we need to hear. That's what we need more of is people coming out and, and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was Franklin Graham who had shared that. And I thought that was great. And I wish we had more individuals uh, who were sharing that. Because if they don't, if you live in direct rebellion, you will suffer God's wrath. And we see here in verse 28, anyone who has set aside uh, the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, uh, what that's coming from is uh, Deuteronomy 17. And uh, so let's go over here. I'm going to look over here. I think, uh, I think I need to read that. It's Deuteronomy 17. We're going to look at verses uh, 2 through 7. So if you want to, I, don't, I didn't have a slide for that. I apologize. But... Um, in Deuteronomy 17, uh, verse 2 says, If there are found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God is giving you, a man or woman who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant, 
and has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, or the sun, or the moon, or any of the host of heaven, which I have forbidden, and is it and it is told you, and you hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently. And if it is true and certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones. On the evidence of two witnesses, or of, or of three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. The hand of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterward the hand of all the people, so you shall purge evil from your midst. So we're seeing here that if someone is caught and they have to have at least two to three witnesses, not just on the, the count of one single witness, uh, if they're caught worshiping a false god, they're not worshiping the one true God, they were to be stoned and killed. See that 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 was the wrath. But that is but we see that again uh, was through the line of Moses. But remember we know that Jesus Christ was above Moses is above Moses. And, um, and that he was the, order, he was the line of Melchizedek, uh, that he was outside the, the line of, of the Levi, Levites, and uh, so that made him superior. And so if that, uh, in the, under Moses, if that kind of wrath could be given to be stoned. Now remember, you know, a lot of times people think that well, they're, they're picking up stones and throwing them. A lot of times when it comes to stoning, they would lay the person down, they would have a boulder above, and they'd roll that boulder off and smash that head like a like a melon you know i'm out that sounds a little rough and a little harsh but that's just the uh the gist of it that's what happened and uh, so if that kind of wrath could be given well how much more those who are rebellion against god almighty against jesus christ uh, how much more wrath of god uh, will be uh, will be evident or be shown uh in regards to to that so that's one thing that's one that's one reason why that was brought out there uh, in regards to that we see in verse 29 how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? Now, how much more, much worse punishment? Now, we look at, you know, there's things that are far worse than death, and God's punishment that is meted out could be, it will be far worse than death could ever meet. Because when God deviates that punishment, uh, it will be harsh. It will be horrible. It will be beyond uh, anything that we can comprehend. Again, we're talking about God's wrath here. And, uh, you know, again, we serve a benevolent God. We serve a loving God. We serve a God full of grace and mercy. Yes, but we serve a God who demands justice for our sins. You know, no, again, no one will be without excuse. No one will stand before God and say, well, nobody ever told me. Every man, woman, child, everybody who stands before God Almighty will have heard about Jesus Christ's saving grace, what his, what he is, the atoning work on the cross, uh, when they stand before God. No one will be without excuse. And, of course, you always get the one person that says, well, what about in the middle of Africa in an unknown village? You know, they don't care about that. They're just throwing it out there as a smoke screen to, to, to try to uh, deter you and to, uh, to try to throw you off. Listen, God is, is God Almighty. Remember, He is omniscient. He's omnipresent. God can reveal Himself in many ways. And there's been uh, many a missionary has been where no white man has ever been and 
found them worshiping God. God will reveal himself in one way, shape, form, or fashion. So that is still without excuse. Uh, and just, just with Facebook alone, the billions, billions, mind you, worldwide who have access to social media. And again, you know, I don't, I don't want to brag on myself. I know it's a stretch of imagination, but that's why I wrote the book, Virtual Missionaries, because I, I, I told you before, I saw immediately with Facebook the ability to minister and witness uh, in, in, in a way that uh, we have never had the ability to before. Uh, let's see here. So uh, um, let me get back here. How much more special? Okay. Do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God? Now we look at trampled underfoot. Uh, you know, you look at that could be you know being trampled underfoot is like the the lowest form uh, to be underfoot. You know, that's just like the lowest of low. You know, I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, in um, um, <laughs> Barclay's commentary, I look over here at it to remind me. Barclay's commentary. Um, he illustrates um, the brokenness of being trampled underfoot. And uh, in his illustration, he was talking about uh, in Nazi uh, Germany. And he was talking about one of the uh, Jewish men uh, who uh, endured uh, horrendous torture. Uh, but yet he come out, he wasn't broken. He would come out uh, very brave and, uh, and very strong. And he refused to be broke. He refused to, to, to give in. Uh, to what the Nazis were trying to do to him. Well, somehow, by accident, uh, he found out that it was his own son that turned him in and said that, uh, that it broke his heart to such an extent uh, that he, he died not long after that. See, uh, and, uh, you know, you can endure something uh, maybe torturous that someone's trying to do to you, but when someone close personal to you hurts you in a horrible way, Sometimes it makes you just want to give up on life. You know, the same thing could be said, uh, uh, you look at Caesar, and uh, he, was, he was able to withstand uh, all the, the things that were happening to him. But when he saw that Brutus, his best friend, was about to come down on him, said he uh, slammed his head into a, uh, a, like a fireplace kind of thing, uh, mantle, and uh, killed himself. But um, so, you know, it's one, you know, when we trample, we see that here, we're trampling on, on Jesus' love, his, 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 what he's trying to do for us uh, when we uh, uh, reject that grace and mercy. Well, here, here's another good scenario. Uh, look at it at like this. Uh, when you see this trample underfoot, you're trampling on what? On Christ's love and um, his work on the cross. Uh, when you see that, uh, think of it this way. Say if um, there's a very poor uh, individual, uh, destitute on the streets, uh, that were um, uh, you know, without food and homeless and you know in need, and a very rich benefactor approaches him and offers him uh, to take care of him the rest of his life, give him his every want, his every whim, uh, everything he ever hoped for, or desired. And, um, uh, you know, he promises to clothe him, to feed him, to house him, uh, and uh, to, you know, he, he's, he's super rich. He's going to take care of this guy. And this guy instead looks at him, spits in his face, curses at him, screams at him, tells him to leave. Well, that's basically what we're seeing here. When you see that here, that, uh, uh, that, that being trampled, uh, we'll see when we get back over here, verse uh, 29, uh, when it's trampled underfoot of the Son of God, when you see that there, uh, that's basically what that's referring to, is I hear God has sent his only son 
to show us a way, to give us eternal life, to show us love, to love, to show us grace, to show us mercy, to show us these things. And yet we reject it and we spit at it. And we spit at him and we throw it back in his face. And that's what we're seeing. And when you see that trampled underfoot, that's the extent of, of the seriousness of what this passage is trying to say. So hopefully those, those illustrations will help drive home the point of what that verse is trying to say. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, I'll... Hopefully my wife will get that here in just a second, and uh, she'll hopefully she will hold on my calls till after service. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's probably it's probably you know we get all those phone calls all the time. Is that uh, uh, you're either that your car warranty? I don't know about you all, but I am so sick of getting phone calls either about refinancing my mortgage or my car's warranty. I tell you what. Uh, and what I don't understand is how they're able to use local phone numbers to do it. I don't get that at all. And so we get calls constantly. So I apologize for that little interruption, but uh, I'm sure you can relate and understand. Uh, do you think, again, going on here in verse 29, do you think will be, will, do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and his and has outraged the spirit of grace. Okay, that's in the form of a question. Now remember that uh, Jesus Christ offering that new covenant, and the concern again is here is that they're rejecting what Christ has offered that that new covenant and going back into the old covenant and back into the uh, to the the Jewish way of life and and sacrificing of, of animals that did not atone. Uh, for the sins like Jesus Christ uh, had done. And and so, you know, and so the rejecting uh, that, uh, again, that's, that's why I was using the illustration of the poor man and the rich man and uh, and how he spit at that. And so that's why he's trying to explain to them that, uh, you know, what you're being offered is far greater. Don't reject it. Don't reject and go back to that. See, there's a lot of people in this world, you know, and because we see here was sanctified. Now, some would would use that erroneously to say, well, uh, that's meaning that uh, you can lose your salvation. No, that's not what that is saying. That is those who, again, like I said, who, who were the apostates, who, who, who put on a good act, but never really truly gave their life to God and went right back out into the world. Because if you've truly given your life to Jesus Christ and you've truly tasted the glories of God, the peace, the love, the joy, the strength, the, and, and everything that God has to offer, you're not going to want to go back out to the world. Now, you may, you know, because of sin-filled world, you may uh, backslide a little bit, but you will eventually come back, you know. And I, I like what, how my dad put that. said, you know, when people say, well, I've backslid, they hold their hand. I've watched their, their whole countenance. Uh, just falls and they feel defeated and I've seen their faces just drop and be like uh, I've backslid and, you know when he's trying to get them to come back to church and um, and dad you know, and, and I've watched you know I, I like to observe all right and I like how dad puts it well you have to be somewhere first before you can backslide and I've literally watched people look up at him and smile and say well I never thought about it that way and you can see that there's a glimmer of hope maybe before that hope was lost to a certain extent I mean, when that was said, when that's understood, and they and they realize the grace and the mercy of God, it's like, wow, God will still accept me. Well, yes, God wants you just the way you are, you know, and uh, He doesn't want you here. He just wants you just as you are. 
So, you know, if you've, if you've messed up and you've backslid a little bit because of maybe some tragic events that happened in your life, maybe there's some things personally that, that happened to you that nobody else could understand and, and you struggle with that and maybe you've gotten away from church a little bit and went through or a divorce or whatever it may be, realize that if you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, even though you may have strayed a little bit, you know, remember Jesus Christ is still there. You know, he'll, he'll go even after that one sheep uh, that has went astray and bring them back to the fold. So don't ever feel like you're so far gone that Jesus Christ would not accept you and allow you back into his presence. And, and he wants you back into church and he wants you there to, to serve. But there are those who are kind of like the wolves in the sheep clothing who give the lip service, who put on a good act. You know, it's like the, the Pharisees, you know, they put on a good act. They had a head knowledge, but they didn't have it in their heart. And there's a lot of people like that out there. And so they put on that good act. But, then, but when things don't go their way, yeah, they'll go right back into the world. When things get a little tough, they go right back into the world and so you know that's 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 what that's referring to here that's why we see that but um let me see here um uh, let's see okay spirit of grace verse 30 for we know him who said vengeance is mine i will repay and again the lord will judge his people it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living god now when we see that there now there's there's i want, to, I want us to look at uh Deuteronomy uh, 32, 35 through 36, regarding the sternness of God. Uh, but when you, that last that last little bit here, the fall into the hands of the living God, that is um, uh, Jonathan Edwards uh, over 260 years ago. Uh, he had uh, the the message that was called um, um, "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." I had to think a second. <laughs> Sinners in the hand of an angry God. And uh, even though he based uh, his message from a passage of Deuteronomy, the title of that come from that right there, uh, to fall into the hands of the living God. That's where he got uh, uh, that uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. So I just thought I'd throw that out there, a little history lesson. But let's look at Deuteronomy 32, 35 through 36. Uh, I think it goes on nicely with what we're discussing here this evening. Well, let me get over here. Now, let's see. Vengeance is mine, and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and their doom comes swiftly. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone, and there is none remaining, bond or free. So vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and his wrath will be given. And that's why you are given the opportunity. You're giving chance after chance after chance before you leave this earth to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Friends, I cannot put into words, and you know, I don't think we can even comprehend the reality of hell. You know, people make such light of it, make a joke out of it, you know, say, well, I guess I'm going to hell. You know, that is horrible. I mean, that is horrible. That should, that should create in you great fear to think that you would spend an eternity in, a, in, in hell. Uh, you know, that, that kind of condemnation shouldn't be taken lightly. That is a, 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 a beyond words uh, how horrible that that would be. And so, you know, that's why we need to um, uh, make sure that we understand that reality, that we, are, that we fear that, that we know that, man, I don't want to go there, that my sins are serious. They are abhorrent to God. Just like that we, we talked about Dorian Gray, how that, that picture was abhorrent because of the vileness 
that was unseen, he finally looked upon. That, that vileness is, is disgusting in God's eyes. And so we need to abhor and hate sin and realize the reality of sin is death. Without Jesus Christ, there is, is no forgiveness of sins. And without Jesus Christ, there is an eternity in hell. There is God's wrath that must be served. And, and a lot of people don't want to think about that reality. All they want to think about is puppy dog tails and love. And, and, all, and that's not how it works. We need to understand the reality of God the Father. And that punishment will be given. Now, um, one thing that we need to look at, too, I think, when we talk about the judgment of God and, and his, his punishment, uh, let's see here. Uh, we can look at uh, Revelation 6. Uh, 12 through 17. Let me get over here just real quick. Revelation 6 uh, says, um, When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that has been rolled up, being rolled up. And every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones of the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand it? So God's wrath will be given. Now, when it comes to um, particularly talking about hell, uh, let me get over here. Let me see here. That was, um, well, I had it written down here. Give me one second here. Um, Matthew 8, 12. Over here, Matthew 8, 12. Matthew 8, 12. While um, well, the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, so we look at that, and there's also uh, 2451 of Matthew. 2451. And we'll cut him in pieces, put him, in the, with, you know, him with the hypocrites, so that there will be a place where we'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So again, we see that again. So, um, and you can also look at Mark 942 and Luke 1624 when you get time. Check that out. Now, when we talk about apostasy, I do think that uh, that is, you know, Jesus' brother Jude, um, half-brother, I should say, uh, I think that um, he hits on this directly uh, in regards to the uh, uh, apostasy. You can look at Jude chapter 1, and uh, you can see uh, in verse 3, uh, it says, Beloved, there I was very eager to write you about our common salvation. I find it necessary to write appealing to you to contend, all right, that contend means agonize, if you will, agonize for the faith that was once for all delivered to saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about those apostates. Now, apostate, uh, the definition of that, uh, uh, 
apostasia in the Greek, uh, defiance, rebellion, uh, and abandonment, a breach of faith. So I kind of gives you a, a textbook uh, definition. Again, I've kind of paraphrased that, um, that definition. But Jude, again, goes on. That's verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1. Uh, verse 8, it says, um, Yet in like manner, these people are also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. Um, let's see here, in verse 10, but these people blaspheme all they do, blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all, uh, by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. And then we see in verse 16, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. And then in 18 and through 20, it says, They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers, following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So in the last days, you're going to have those people who are the apostates. You're going to have people who are ungodly uh, to try to infiltrate the church. And it is evident. It is, it is seen by uh, people who claim to be men of God, who, who are um, totally uh, misinterpreting God's word. Uh, you know, when you have something like a homosexual church, you talk about blasphemy. Come on, people. I mean, that is the, uh, I don't know that there could be much more blasphemous <laughs> than that. Talk about making a mockery of God. That alone, that blows my mind. But there are those who are most, uh, that are subtle. That is blatant. I mean, that's obvious. You can look at that and be like, man, that is completely ungodly. But when you look at um, uh, these other churches who are subtle, uh, in their teaching uh, that they don't believe in the deity. They may not believe in the, the Trinity. Uh, they're allowing uh, New Age beliefs and philosophies uh, uh, to infiltrate uh, the church. You know, uh, talking about the power of positive thinking or some other uh, erroneous baloney, uh, doing yoga, whatever it may be. They're allowing these things to infiltrate the church and the minds of the individuals. And so when when People, you know, when true men of God try to get up there and preach the whole gospel of, 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 of God's word, uh, you know, people are like, well, what, what is this? You know, it's, it's almost foreign to them. But you, Satan appears as an angel of light. Even, even Satan can quote scripture. And so that's why we have to be on our guard. That's why we have to have discernment. And we have to pray about these things. I ain't saying my church is the only church to go to. No, there's a lot of good, godly, uh, biblically-based churches out there. And uh, praise God for them. But no matter where you go, no matter where you attend, you need to make sure that you are... Um, having that discernment, you're praying about it, and whether I'm speaking, my dad's speaking, a guest speaker, whoever it may be, always double check, cross-reference what we're saying, make sure that, you know, maybe we read something and, and misunderstood it, and, you know, make sure that, you know, hey, I read this, and what you said wasn't right, well, well let me go back, well, you know, make sure that, you know, just because we said it don't mean it's it, it is always 100 percent you know we're we are fallible people we are you know we, we are not perfect people but we do our best to do our research to study and understand god's word so that we can teach and help you in your spiritual growth but there are those out there in the world who seek to destroy uh, what because um, uh, uh, satan's using them they're in there to try to destroy what what, uh, what God has put together, you know, just kind of like a marriage, you know, let no man uh, put asunder, you know, what God has put together. So, you know, there's those out there who would try to destroy.
destroy what God has put together. And so uh, we need to be aware of these people. And if you're around somebody that's always negative, you're around somebody that's always trying to tear down other people in the church, trying to tear down the pastor, man, you need to say, hey, you need to get away from here. If you're that unhappy, man, you need to hit the road. And um, that's what's going to happen. And eventually, those wheat and tares will be separated, and those tares will be thrown in the fiery furnace. My friends, it's great to hear about God's grace, His mercy, but we need to understand God's wrath, and that we are in need of a Savior. All right? And, uh, you know, um, well, Spurgeon again, he said, if you make a uh, lot of salvation, you're making a lot of the cross. You make a lot of suffering, you're making a lot of hell. You know, and again, that's kind of paraphrasing there a little bit. I'll sing it directly. But that's just it. Too many people make light of God's wrath. They make light of God's word. They make light of suffering. They make light of need of the cross. And we need to preach conviction of sins. We need to preach salvation. We need to preach the cross. You have to tell others about it before it's too late, before they are cast into that lake of fire, before they cast into hell for all of eternity. You know, you, you can, you know, just like one of the passages I told you to read just now, uh, is, is talking about the rich man of Lazarus and how he was cast into hell. And he just wanted just to, to, to put a drip of water on his finger and, and to touch his tongue. But that wasn't going to happen. My friends, the reality of hell is real. And we need to understand that. And we need to understand that we are headed straight to hell if we don't know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's the only thing that's going to save us from God's wrath and God's justice. And so be sure that you have given your life over to Jesus Christ today. That you understand that you are a sinner in need of saving. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Don't delay. We are in the last days. And Jesus Christ could come back at any moment, in any second. Don't wait too long. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've given us. Lord, thank you for your saving mercy and your grace. Lord, help so many to touch their hearts and minds before it's too late. Lord, uh, help us to be your servants. Let us be sold out to you. Let us never waste our opportunity to tell others about your grace and about your mercy and about your love and, saving and the, the fact that you've come to save us from a very real hell. Lord, let us never miss an opportunity and let us understand your wrath and your judgment and how we should hate and abhor sin. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, in closing, I uh, just want to, uh, I noticed a few people had a few uh, comments. Uh, I know Jamie uh, had on there, uh, people do not like preaching without sugar coating on it. Uh, the truth is the truth, like it or not. Even Thank you, Jamie. And uh, he's been trying to help out uh, at the church there a little bit with our sound, and I appreciate that. And he's right. A lot of people, they don't like to, they want everything sugar coated. They don't want to hear the hard truth. Miss Fran Pear said, uh, when the cross is rejected, the Holy Spirit is insulted. Amen to that. That's exactly right. And that's what we see here in that, uh, in that, that trampling underfoot, uh, that the Holy Spirit, you know, the, that uh, the sanctification, the Holy Spirit is, is affected directly and rejected. The Holy Spirit is uh, like uh, the Bible my dad gave me uh, when I graduated with my uh, bachelor's. Uh, he uh, gave me, and, and in that, under Proverbs, it says, as uh, electricity constantly 
uh, feels a, a light bulb. The Holy Spirit is there to sustain us and to help us. And when you reject that, that is a sin. So thank you, Fred, for that. I appreciate that. But, uh, but anyway, hope everybody has a... Uh, oh, and Mr. Roger Winters, Mr. Murph says, Good teaching. He said, English Standard Version is my favorite translation. Thank you, Mr. Murph, and we pray for you daily, my friend. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. Don't forget to join us, Fat Life Bible Church, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. this Sunday morning. And I just dropped my Bible on the floor <laughs> this Sunday morning. Uh, and uh, Dr. Vicky will be bringing the morning message, so I do hope you'll come out and join us. So I hope everybody has a great evening, and God bless. Thanks for watching.